I wanna, want us to look tonight at the Word of God concerning something that has been, uh, something that I've been looking at and uh, for a long, quite a long time now. But it seems that, you know, there's, these things come and go as, as, uh, as, you, as you live long enough, you see things happen. You know, several years ago in the 60s, it came out, you know, uh, God is dead, you know. And uh, how many of you know God's not dead? You've already met him. You know, too late, come too late, tell me. Well, you know, there's, there's uh, now, you know, people, uh, maybe not God's dead, but well, that's ceased. It's no longer for us today, you know, that type of thing. And uh, all of that uh, type of talk, now we expect that from the world, but when it comes from the church and comes from our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, it's, it's not something that we... Uh, you know, we're not to condemn, we're not condemning anyone. I just want to look to the word tonight so we know things, we understand that uh, God is a covenant-making God. A covenant-making God. It's the most solemn agreement that can be made. The only way out of covenant is death. Covenant that's made by God and, that those, and covenant that's ordained by God. There's no other way. That's why, you know, I know we supposedly, you know, some folks that uh, think they're faith and don't really live, that don't really understand faith, they don't want to say that in, in, uh, in their marriage vows anymore till death do us part. They don't want to say that anymore because, well, that's not faith. That's putting a, no, that's your commitment. I'm committed to this. I'm not getting out of it only thing that will separate me from this vow and this commitment, this covenant that I'm making is my death or yours. And I'm not going to kill you. So, <laughs> amen. But there's some things, uh, I want to go to Galatians chapter three, if you would, to start with. There's some, some things that I think are very important for us to see in this and that will help us as we, uh, uh, as we look, look in these areas. And one of the privileges I had, I've had for the last few years is teaching, and I've done it for several years, but here, here uh, over the years, but uh, teaching out of the book of Galatians and talking about, especially, you know, getting here to chapter three and we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. How many of you are glad about that? But in, in looking at the word of God as it relates to the, 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 what's the purpose of the law given to Moses, what was its purpose? And then also the covenant that God made with Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant, which was an everlasting covenant as far as, as and to, just to say this without going into all the teaching on it, the covenant that we're now in, this new covenant, is the fulfillment, not of the law, but the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. Now, a covenant, again, there is no backing out of it. God will never make a covenant. He will never make a promise and fail to hold up his end. He's a covenant-keeping God. His very name, the very name of God, the very, the very name, the name Jesus would have no power if God was not a person of his word. There would be no integrity. There would be no force there. Now, I want you to see here in, uh, here in uh, chapter 3 of Galatians, we're going to start in verse 15 for time's sake. Brethren, he said, this is the, the King James, I speak after the manner of men, 
Though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannuls or adds thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not into seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. Now I want you to see that. That the law came 430 years after God made covenant with Abraham. And that law could not and did not disannul the Abrahamic covenant. Now we hear a lot of people, you know, and, and, and we'll say, let me say this. The law is not evil. It came from God. So the law wasn't bad. Guess who was bad? All right. Us. Usans. Ewans, as my granny would say. We were the ones who missed it. It wasn't God. But there was not a law given that could make us right with God. That's why he brought Jesus to do what he did. But notice that it could not disannul. Now, verse 15 says, he says, if that covenant is confirmed, no one can disannul or do away with it or add to it. Now here, listen to the Message Bible. Verse 15, friends, let me give you an example from everyday affairs of the free life I am talking about. Once a person's will has been ratified, no one else can annul it or add to it. Now let's just stop right there. This is a new covenant that we live in. It's called the New Testament. How many of you know, have you ever heard of last will and testament? The same word translated covenant could be translated testament. This is, we, are, we live in the new covenant, the everlasting covenant, the covenant that shall be in place throughout all eternity because it includes eternity. Amen. And no one can add to or take away from what is included in this covenant. So, you know, I, I, I just... I just, you know, for me to get up here and to say, well, that's no longer for us today. If it was for the church in the early days, it's for us today. Amen. If healing was for them, it's for us. No one has a right to take that away. Amen. Listen to the Amplified Classic here, verse 15. To speak in terms of human relations, brethren, if a man make a last will and testament, a merely human covenant. No one sets it aside or makes it voids or adds to it when once it has been drawn up and signed, ratified, confirmed. He goes on to say, now the promises, covenants, and agreements were decreed and made to Abraham and his seed, his offspring, his heir. He, God does not say unto seeds, descendants, and heirs as if referring to many persons, but unto your seed, your descendant, your heir, obviously referring to one individual who is none other than Christ, the Messiah. This is my argument. The law, which began 430 years after the covenant concerning the coming Messiah, does not and cannot annul the covenant previously established and ratified by God so as to abolish the promise and make it void. There is no earthly circumstance. There is no time. There is no dispensation. There is nothing, nothing, nothing that can add to or disannul.
from the covenant that Jesus made for us with God on our behalf. Amen? You cannot add to or disannul. Now, Hebrews talks about, Galatians and Hebrews kind of go together, you know. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6. So there's no experience, yours, mine, or anybody else's, that can change what God's Word and what the covenant says. Now, I don't know, I don't know, I don't mean this mean, but I, I just found out it's a whole lot better to believe what God says, not you or me. Even me. We're going to read later, let God be true and every man a liar. That man, every man a liar includes Tad. If Tad says something or believes something different than what God's Word says, then I'm believing and saying the lie. And I've got to renew my mind. Amen. Take the time to, to go over the Word of God and renew my mind. And then not just renew my mind, but then produce actions and words that line up with that new belief and that truth. Hebrews 6, verse 13, here's the King James, says this. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Now listen, who's, uh, first of all, you know, God can't say, you know, we say, I swear I'm telling you the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Who's God going to use in that case? I swear I'm telling you the truth, nothing but the truth, so help me, me. Right? That's all God could say. So he could swear by no greater, so he swore by himself. And he gave his word on it. And he said, he said, an oath for confirmation. Once God has spoken, all strife is done. Did you hear that? All strife is done. Let's, let's keep reading. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, that's us, the immutability of his counsel. Immutability means unchangingness of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two unchanging or immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. See, your mind and our emotions have to be anchored. If you don't anchor your mind and your emotions, your thought life and your emotions in the Word of God, it, your mind and your emotions, you know, those of you that have heard Brother Doug, it will take you to the deepest, darkest place it can go. You get a pain in your side, you start planning your funeral if you're not careful. Your mind will take you, but you've got to anchor that. You know, there, there's not only renewing of the mind, we got to renew our, our, our emotions also. We can't let our emotions, then they're God-given. God gave them to us. Jesus had emotion. He wept over the city of Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. Well, that's an emotion. These things are there. But we can't be ruled by those things when they're contrary to God's Word. To renew my mind, renew my soul in these areas. And the Bible says, remember in 3 John 2, I pray that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. 
you know, if you let your emotions run wild on you, and you know, you get yourself all, and, and then your thinking joins in with your emotions, you'll get yourself to, in, in deep, dark, you know, you and Junior Sample singing doom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark, depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Some of you are smiling way too much. You watch way too much hee-haw. I'm going to tell you that right now. Growing up, some of you have a hee-haw. What's that? Never mind. Let me stop there. I want to read this from the Passion Translation, verse 13. Now, when God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no greater than himself, he swore an oath on his own integrity to keep the promise as sure as God exists. So he said... Have no doubt, I promise to bless you over and over, to give you a son and multiply you without measure. So Abraham waited patiently in faith and succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. It is very common for people to swear an oath by something greater than themselves, for the oath will confirm their statements and end all dispute. So in the same way, God wanted to end all doubt and confirm it even more forcefully, forcefully sorry, to those who would inherit the, his promises. His purpose was unchangeable, so God added his vow to the promise. So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into his heart, now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize what was, has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold, and where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us. He is now and forever our royal priest like Melchizedek. Now, the Knox translation, they don't have it up there, but let me read this to you. Verse 17 says this, and God, in the same way, eager to convince the heirs of promise that his design was irrevocable, pledged himself by an oath. In verse number 18, two irrevocable assurances. Now listen to this, over which there could be no question of God deceiving us were to bring firm confidence to us. No question. Now, if you've heard Pastor Craig preach at all in the last few years here, you've heard him talk about the definition, the dictionary definition of faith, which is unquestioning belief, even without any physical evidence, but unquestioning belief. See, because God, once it's said, once he's given his word, he's spoken his will, no one can add to it or take away from it. And you can go to it with unquestioning belief and stand on it. Now, our, but our, here's, our, here's where we get in trouble. We start, we look at, we look at so-and-so. Well, I know them and that look what happened to them. I didn't ask what happened to them. God said in his word. Now listen, if someone doesn't receive what God's Word says that, he, that belongs to him, no condemnation on them. Who are you to judge another man's servant? God is able to make them stand. 
And listen, uh, you know, Jesus came, Hebrews 2 says, to deliver us who through all of our lifetime were subject to bondage from the fear of death. There is no fear in death for the Christian. Amen. Now, I know, yeah, we don't, you know, we, we get emotional, we get sad, and that's okay. You don't let it get on you, though. But I can't feel sorry for anybody who goes to heaven. Amen. Now, I'm not in any hurry, and you shouldn't be either. Don't get in a hurry, but you understand, I don't fear death. And when you don't fear death, it sets you free from fear of any sickness or disease. I don't care what sickness or disease comes along, what plague. You know, God knew there was going to be diseases that we'd never heard of because he even mentioned in his word, even every disease not mentioned in this word, Deuteronomy 28. He said, we're, he said that's part of the curse. And thank God we're, recursed, we're redeemed from the curse of every sickness and every disease. Why? We're free. I'm free from the fear of death. That's oppression. Oppression. Isn't it interesting in Acts 10, 38 that it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, that gives a very strong evidence that every person Jesus healed was oppressed by the devil. Didn't mean they had an evil spirit. Didn't mean they had to have the devil cast out of them. Some of them did, but didn't mean all of them did it right? You know, you're not going to solve everything by casting devils out of people. Amen. I better get off on, off of that, move right along here. But unquestioning belief. Now let's look at a couple, let's look at some things concerning God's nature and character. Go back to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Unquestioning belief. So here, here's, where I'm, here's my thinking on this, okay? Here's where I'm going with this and what, as I've been meditating on this over several, this isn't just recent, this has been for a while here. You see, in the covenant, the new covenant, Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, the man who, after, this was after he rose from the dead, the one who fully represented you and I and fully represented God that hung between heaven and earth, died on our behalf, rose from the dead, and said to us, if you believe, you will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now listen, no man can add to that or take away. So I can lay hands on a sick person unquestioning. I can't heal them. I'm not there to, I'm not the healer. He said, believers will lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. I've just got to do my part, unquestioning. I know here we started, we started, we started practice, started, okay, let's put this into practice. I know we were, we were there uh, in a, a small rural town there in Kenya, going out and doing some street ministry and uh, uh, praying for, laying hands, not asking them to believe anything. We just went in and said, anybody here need prayer? Anybody in pain? Anybody need anything? And we saw one right after another, people getting healed. Probably the most outstanding one, uh, well, two, we did it one year and then went back. But one of the most outstanding one was we went to a local hospital. And uh, we're all standing, we're ready to leave, you know. And all of a sudden, this young lady comes down. She's dressed in a nice dress. She don't stand there, just looking at all of us, smiling. Just so smiling at us. 
And, you know, we're just kind of, okay, praise the Lord. You know, don't know who this is. And finally, we asked one of our, one of our interpreters who, because who, uh, she acted like she wanted to say something. And so we asked her, and then she, she spoke there, probably in the Luo language, I would imagine, because we were in that area. And uh, he looked at us and said, oh, she was just up, she was in the malaria ward up here where we just went up and ministered, and uh, 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 she had hands laid on her. And she told the doctor, check me again. And he checked her. She's completely healed, has no symptoms, completely free from malaria. She got down. In 10 minutes, she got dressed and came down. She didn't want us to leave without telling us. Now, I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen in local churches here in the United States. I've seen this happen all over the world. Just part of it is my responsibility to not question what God's Word says. Now, for us, listen, think of this. Now, if the Bible says by Jesus' stripes, you, uh, Isaiah, you are healed. First Peter 2, 4, looking, 24, looking back, you were healed. Amen. Then I can take that unquestioning. Because no one has a right to add to that or take anything away. Well, you'll be healed if. No, you're adding to, brother. My sister. Amen unquestioning belief, not because of who I, but because of the faithfulness and the integrity of the covenant-making God. Our God can be trusted. If there's anything you need, if anything, let this be the foundation of your Christian life. I can trust God. Well, I do, brother. I believe I'm going to heaven, but what about here? Look at Deuteronomy 32.4. He is the rock. His work is perfect. All of his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. He's the God of truth. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 17.17, 17, Father, sanctify them by thy truth. Your word is truth. How many know Jesus was the Word made flesh, dwelt among us? He is, the Word is truth. Truth came and lived among us. And what does the Bible say about Jesus? Remember Hebrews 13, 8? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. By Jesus' stripes, we were, are, and were healed. It was true yesterday. It's true today. It'll be true tomorrow. As long as this earth remains, let's put it this way. As long as you have this body, you have a right to have healing because Jesus paid for it for you. And God said it. Deuteronomy 23. You know, the Bible talks about a person can get themselves in a position where they should not think they're going to receive anything from the Lord. And that's the person who's wavering back and forth, wavering back and forth. Amen. But you're going to have to put your, you're going to have to put your spiritual and your foot in the, in the ground, put it solid in the ground and say, I don't care whatever else is going on, but God has said, and it's been ratified by the blood of Jesus that still speaks of our redemption. Chapter 23, verse 19. 
God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received the commandment to bless and he has blessed. And I cannot reverse it. You know, this prophet had a little interesting journey during this time, you know. Uh, they tried to pay him to come put a curse on God's people. And, you know, he, God told him, don't go, don't go. Well, then he decided, you know, they finally talked him into it. And, of course, his donkey talked to him. And then, <laughs> then he finally gets there and he says, look, God has blessed and I cannot reverse it. Well, guess what? Jesus has healed you. Jesus has met all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus has set you free. Jesus has delivered you. Jesus has saved you. And no man can reverse it. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Psalm 119. You doing all right? I'm telling you. This is, this is a, I know some people, you know, I, I, I know that some people, they get nervous, start talking like this. Well, that's awful bold, brother. It's about time we got bold. I mean, the devil has gotten as bold as you can imagine. Amen. You can't change what God's word has said. I don't care how long and how loud you declare it. If it's against God's word, it's a lie. Come on now. Psalm 119, verse 89. How many of you are ever blessed to sit in one of Brother Hagin's services? You ever hear him quote this? Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I mean, sometimes every day in class, he said, well, let's thank God. We thank you, Lord. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. What's he saying? It's settled. It's done. It's an accomplished fact. It's the truth. It's not going anywhere. What God said is true. Amen? I don't think I gave it to him, but I do want to go to Romans chapter 3 and verse 4. Let's read verse 3 and 4 if you could. If they could put that up there for me. Romans chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. I'm going to read this from the King James Bible. Now, I know that, you know, there's, there's good people, bless their hearts, you know, they want to talk you out of believing God. <laughs> I don't know why, but they just, you know, I know they, and you hear people, well, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> Wait a minute, hope's my anchor. Plus, plus, hope is not what a lot of people think it is. Hope is confident expectation with an attitude of joy. Amen. But faith, and in faith is the substance of things. So if I don't get my hope up, I don't have anything to add my faith to. I see in God's word that by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. All right. So I look at that in the word and I say, okay, then let's start thinking about this. If I was healed, 
then I wouldn't, you know, if I was healed in my body, I wouldn't have this pain or I wouldn't have this or I wouldn't have that. My body would be well. Every, every, every artery and every vein in my body would be, would be flowing freely. My lungs would be clear. My heart would be strong. My liver, my kid, I mean, every organ in my body would be operating funk, uh, properly. My, my, all my blood flow, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, there would be no sciatic problem. There wouldn't be any neuropathy. There wouldn't be any this. There wouldn't be any that. I'd be, if I was healed, like the word of God said, then my life would be different. I would have this, this, and this. And as you start to look at that from the word of God's perspective, it begins to build an image of you having what God's word said. Amen. My God shall supply all my needs according to your riches and his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Wait a minute, his riches and glory. Not his, not the riches on the earth, even though that's where God's going to do it. But God's not limited to this economy. God's not limited. He's going to supply all my needs. That, that means this. That means this. I can, I can see a day. I can see a day where I'm not living paycheck to paycheck. I can see a day where I don't have to go to the bank. I can see a day when I can buy someone else a car. I can see a day. Amen? And then I start declaring. I start seeing it. Then I start declaring it. Hallelujah. Why? Because God can't lie. I'm going to say what God says about the situation, not what I think about it. What does God say about it? Romans 3 verse, thir- verse 3 says, what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Remember, no man can add to, no one can take away. Once the oath's been given, once the covenant's been cut, it's done. Whoo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. He's our representative. He took our place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 4, God forbid. Yes, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that you might be justified in your sayings and might overcome when you are just. Let God be true. What's, what's the truth? I'm healed. What's the truth? I'm saved. What's the truth? I'm delivered. What's the truth? I got a sound mind. I've got the mind of Christ. What's the truth? I got the mighty Holy Ghost, the great and mighty Holy Ghost living on the inside of me. Glory to God. And not only is the inside of me, he's upon me that I might do service in the kingdom of God, the mighty one, the greater one. I got a well of living water springing up on the inside. Hallelujah. It's flowing on the inside of me. No sickness, no disease can live in this body because the life of God is in me. Hallelujah. No mountain of debt, no financial need can stand and oppose me in Jesus' name. I speak to that mountain of death. I speak to those finances that are telling me that lack of finance telling me, no, you can't do that because you don't have the money. I speak to it in Jesus' name, and I declare every one of my needs is met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Everything God tells you to do, he will help you pay for it. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I don't know how I'm going to do that. God, God, by the greater one living on the inside of us. He is a man that cannot lie. 
Abraham staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, saying he is able to perform what he promised. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's anybody in this room tonight that is willing to stand up. You can't see it, but God's word promises it. And you're ready that you're willing to give God the glory for it before you ever see it. Father, we just thank you. We praise you tonight. We give you glory tonight, Father. Hallelujah. You are able to do what you promised. You're able to perform it. Hallelujah. No matter the obstacle, no matter what's going on, you are able. We give you glory, Father. I praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. All glory, all praise, all honor, all power belongs to him. Glory to you. Glory to the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Glory and honor and praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. You said it in your word, and it is true. It is true about me. It is true about these, Father God. Hallelujah. You who have began a good work in us, you shall complete it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I got some good news for you tonight. Your salvation's not for, for tomorrow. It's not for next week. Today is the day of salvation. Right now, right now, right now is your salvation. Nearer than you ever imagined. It's yours right now. Hallelujah. Just reach out and grab a hold of it by your praise. Just thank him for it. Thank you, Father, it's mine now. Thank you, Father, it's mine now. Thank you, Father, it's mine now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. All his word said, he's given us that all authority has been given unto him in heaven and earth. You go, therefore, in that authority, in that authority, no demon, no devil from hell, no sickness and disease, no lack, no depression, no oppression can stand in the presence of a child of God who knows who they are and they know how to use that name, the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you. Don't just shout about it and thank God for it while you're at church. Amen. When you wake up in the middle of the night and the pressure of life seems be coming at you from everywhere. And it, it seems like 
It seems like the very atmosphere is saying you're not going to get it this time. You've lost it this time. You're not going to win this time. No, just start thanking God. Just start thanking God. Just start thanking God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You win. You win in Jesus. You win. You win in Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Well, Father, we thank you tonight. We praise you tonight. We give you glory and honor and praise in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. There's some of you, you haven't even realized it yet, but that pain's already gone in your body. Hallelujah. It's already gone. You didn't even know it yet. Hallelujah. That's all right. Just keep thanking God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you tonight. Father, if there be anyone in this place tonight that doesn't know you, Jesus. Oh, that doesn't know Jesus, our Savior, our Lord. I pray, to, I pray they won't leave this place tonight without making that commitment. Jesus, you are alive. You have risen from the dead. You're seated at the right hand of God. You bore our sins and carried our diseases. Ah, we give you all the praise and glory. You have saved us and made us joint heirs with you in this new covenant. We give you praise and honor, Father, for what you've done through your son, Jesus, and how you've made us your sons and your daughters part of your family. But if you're not part of that family, don't leave here tonight. If you need prayer for anything, our ladies are over here on my right, your left. The men are on my left and your right. We ask men come down, the men, ladies to the ladies. Hallelujah. And you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. They'll pray with you according to the word of God. Hallelujah. Sunday morning, communion Sunday, right? Communion this Sunday morning. Don't, don't, uh, don't, uh, don't do anything but come here, okay? Make plans to be here. I realize if you have to work, maybe. But be here. Don't miss that service. Praise the Lord. Communion service is always a great time here at Ramah Bible Church. God bless you. You are dismissed. <laughs>